Welcome to another episode of John's Entitled Podcast. I am your host, John. With me, as always, is Daniel Terry. And that was Heartsick with Snake Man. And that is a podcast exclusive. You can catch the premiere of the video tomorrow on MetalNexus.net. Uh, it's a really interesting video, cool concept. Uh, thanks to Heartsick for sponsoring this episode. And uh, with that, Dan, how are you doing today? Dude, I am doing amazing. Just had some cool conversations with some cool people. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, living the dream. So what do you got for me this week, John? I talked with Chris Garza, uh, the guitar player from Suicide Silence, uh, after their stop here in Grand Rapids uh, on the Attila Tour. I think it was the Rage Fest Tour or something. Uh, but uh, you'll hear plenty of Attila in the background of this interview. Uh, very much like the episode I did with uh, with Blothar from Guar, with it being recorded live, uh, you can hear, literally, Dan made a comment when I sent him the audio, he goes, what were you recording on the fucking in the middle of the highway? And I go, and I sent him a yeah. photo of the, the parking lot where all the bands park their buses and vans and so forth, and I go, you see this light pole that over overhangs the, the, uh, the highway there? I was, like, right there. <laughs> so yes, there is a highway right behind me. Uh, there are bands. Wasn't low- too far off, yeah. No, you weren't. It's kind of one of those things, unfortunately. When you go to a venue the day of a show, when the show is still happening to do some of these interviews, you're kind of at the mercy of wherever you can go. And I mean, until it was really loud and it, I mean, we were a good probably 25, 30 yards away from the venue, but the sound just was so loud and coming out the, the, the bay doors and so forth. All things considered, I think you still can hear everything pretty well. Hey man, it's all about that atmosphere. It makes the interview sound real. Like you're in the band's world every day, you know? Yeah, I guess. You know, you just kind of got to be malleable and roll with the punches, and I think I did a pretty good job with that as well. You know, we get into a really interesting dive uh, going over, you know, the, the fans' and critics' reactions to the band's self-titled last record they put out, uh, how a lot of people shit on it, and, you know, working with Ross Robinson, you know, what it was like to tour with Korn. Uh, we get into a bit about the new record that they're already working on and a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, it's, it's about, you know, 30, 40 minutes or so, but I think it's a, I think we pack a lot into that short amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of content there. And I just got to say, man, like I'm really respectful of suicide silence in that they made a change. They made a change that not everybody liked, but they're still kicking ass and kind of approaching it from a perspective of like, well, if we piss you off, then fuck you. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, I, that, that's really what I got out of the interview. But uh, we can we can talk to talk about it a little bit more after uh, after the listeners have heard it. And before we get into our chat, want to talk about two of our other show sponsors this week. It was Heartsick with their song Snake Man. We also have uh, the ever present the Bean Bastard sponsoring this show as well. We also have Good Company with Bowling coming back on to sponsor this episode. Uh, great interview webcast series. Uh, you know, we talked about it in the episode we did with Skinny. Just, I, <laughs> I can't say enough about how good the quality is uh, between just the, the filming, the interviews themselves. I mean, if you like rock music, I mean, you're getting such greats as Lejean and Clint from Seven Dust. Eddie Trunk, you know, was on recently he's getting jose mangan and i mean that dude just oozes metal out of his pores and i'm sure scott and him are going to have a fucking great conversation uh two people who are just passionate about you know the industry about you know the ins and outs of albums and the the people behind the scenes of everything and just 
I feel like I just radiate positivity when I speak about good company with bowling because it's just so good. Well, and I want to highlight something that I just love. Um, the very first episode of uh, of uh, Good Company with Bowling that I heard was the or watched rather was the uh, uh, Sonny from POD okay. uh, interview, and I love it. Like very early in the interview. He's like, well, you know, let's go back to the beginning, you know, from, you know, whenever you guys started. And Scott pulls out a vinyl copy of P.O.D.'s Snuff the Punk album. <laughs> and Sonny, Sonny gives him this look like he's just incredulous. Like, holy shit, I can't believe you have that. Like, who has that, you know? And, uh, but I mean, that that's just the type of quality that you got. You don't just have some guy that's disconnected from the people he's talking to and is just doing interviews just for the publicity or whatever. Like th this is just like genuine conversation, genuine interviewing. Well, I mean, I think it's also nice too, when you look at the location that he's shooting in, you know, with like that nice little man cave bar pool table kind of thing going on with all like the, the records and posters and photos and everything. I mean, it just, it definitely feels like two people shooting the shit and that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, if you, you love podcasts, webcasts, just in-depth music based interviews, good company with bowling is where you need to go. Uh, you can find the videos on YouTube and so forth. And uh, we will also plug the other places you can find it. Uh, but the last plug I want to get to before our conversation, and it's actually going to lead into the chat with uh, Chris Garza of Suicide Silence, is our last show sponsor, which is Foxbat. They had their new record, Rock Gut, came out this past uh, Friday via Core Sample Records. Previously, we had mentioned that they had vinyl. I did see a memo that they posted that the vinyl is on delay, but you can still get the CD now on foxbatmusic.com. And again, with everyone else, we're going to go ahead and plug all the socials and where you can find everyone in the outro. But for now, this is Grim Reaper, followed by my chat with Chris Garza. Garza of Suicide Silence.
pleasure of talking to uh, my name is Chris Garza. I'm from California, and the band Suicide Sound play the guitar. I gotta say, you. I uh, try, I tried a bit. You guys played a, a fucking amazing set tonight. Thanks, appreciate I haven't, it. I haven't seen you guys since the uh, Corn Tour, the nice. 20th anniversary of the self title. Yes. Which makes me feel really fucking old. <laughs> Remembering when that came out, where I was when I first heard it. So wow. I'll, I'll just throw you this question right off the bat. Right. Where were you when you first heard that first Corn record? Uh, like, like most bands that hit hit the mainstream, uh-huh. I heard a corn when Follow the Leader came out. So like they like I saw that video got got the life. Right. And I was like, I was twelve. Like what the fuck is this? And then got that record. And then I then then realized when we played. Oh wait, they have more records before that. Right. So my mom uh, got me. Life is Peachy and the first porn record. And I remember vividly uh, sitting in in my room with my with my disc man, with, with my earphones, sitting cross-legged in my room, being 13 and hearing that ride come in oh. and, and that first riff and John saying, Are you ready? Like it's when you're when you're that young yeah. and music is that uh, intense, yeah. it sticks to you forever. And I still get weird around around the, uh, the the corn guys because like there's so much history, and especially what it took for us to be around those guys. Like you, you got to act like it's cool. Like when, like when you see them, when like dude, it's not fucking cool. Right. Like like what we had to do like just tour them, dude. Like it's I have that memories and like it's just it's so much, dude. It's crazy. It's, it's been really crazy thinking about a lot of different bands. I mean, like, you know, in light of Vinnie Paul passing away very recently, which really sucks. But, I mean, it's, like, it's been really making me think about a lot of these legacy metal bands that have been around. And, sadly, a lot of them are starting to go away because of, of death or, or infighting or whatever. And it's just been making me think about when I, like, I can tell you the time I first heard Domination by Pantera. Oh, wow. And how I felt when I heard that, that yeah. double kick pattern going. And I was yeah. like, fuck, this is, like... Like, yeah. Shitty. The heaviest thing I've ever heard. Transmittal PBR all over. Good thing it's just Paps. It's all good. Paps are, are meant to be dropped. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. But all right. Or <laughs> you know what? That was Randy Paul. It's that almost like he did. Whoa! He just, he just knocked that mirror over to pour Dude, one out for himself. That, that's a deal. I feel that. Cool. I, I felt it on my foot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, though. Um, but no, like I'm just remembering where where you are when a moment in music history like that like between the first corn record of hearing you know Blind or hearing yeah. you know Domination Cemetery Gates or any of these like classic metal songs that inspire you for the rest of your life like, the rest of your life I, I don't know that like, you know sometimes like you know I'm, I'm in my mid-30s uh-huh. coming up and I don't know that kids have that nowadays I don't know if kids will have that moment of hearing you know Death on Seven Words or hearing certain bands and being inspired to pick up an instrument I don't know if there are those bands anymore that, that do that, or if it's those same bands that inspire you I have, and I. I have a strong opinion about that. Okay, go ahead, uh, lay it on me. I believe that time is coming. Okay. Uh, it's not like that anymore because bands suck. You know, like the you know bands like Corn and Corns, the Panthers, the the Slipknots. The, I mean, so in that vein, like those bands were really intense, yeah. and they were themselves. So. That's what like keeps like guys like me that are in. You know, I'm, I'm 32 and I'm still like inspired by Corn, Slipknot, and like and, and those bands because it's it was so intense. 
the fans right now are not intense because they uh, they suck and people have an opinion about my band and, that, and that's fine but I, I really put my heart and soul in, into this and I do, I do believe that there's going to be a new wave of bands that pretty much wipe out all the garbage that's out. Do you think, can you can you identify like finger on the pulse who you think that is? Is it like a code orange? Is it like a, maybe like a twitching tongues? Is it some of these bands who know so much about where hardcore and metal has come from over the last 20, 30 years and they're doing stuff that is derivative of that? That younger kids aren't aware of because they just aren't? Or is it bands maybe you're seeing touring that you are like some, some you know all these other bands are a, a tour like this that you're doing with like Attila yeah. and Volumes and Spike and all that uh, I appreciate uh, what Code Orange is doing you know they're it was kind of like a, a breath of fresh air oh you know I, I love bands that truly don't give a fuck right and that, that's like that's my thing that's who says on if you like us or not I don't, I don't give a fuck <laughs> because I'm because we don't give a fuck right and uh Code Orange is that way, you know, they, they just don't care and they have that same attitude as the bands that I used to jam you know, like, like, like there's still lots of bands, etc like that's kind of like, what like it takes you gotta kind of piss people off and uh, Code Orange is like that I don't listen to them in my spare time but I appreciate bands that are doing something that, because I look, I look at this as a culture and they, to me they add to the culture. I mean, I may not uh, enjoy it in my spare time, but I appreciate what, what they're doing because they're adding to the culture. And by not giving a fuck about what people think, that means they actually give a fuck okay. more than pretty much everybody. So if you're not adding to the culture, dude, like, like fuck you. I mean, like, which is basically 99% of the metal bands out there. I mean, and they, they all know that I am talking about them. You know, it's just... If you're not adding to it, I'm I'm literally out to fucking slit like slit your throat and kill you and get get out get out of the front line. I mean, right. I mean, because we we need bands that stick up for the culture to keep the shit alive and and, and to make it bigger and b- bigger and better. Because like the, the bigger we get, the bigger the scene gets. <laughs> it's crazy. I definitely feel like that's kind of missing. Cause like, I feel like when metalcore first was coming around out of the earlier like new metal scene and stuff like. Mm-hmm. It always seemed like there was something kind of coming. There were the handful of bands that were yeah. at the forefront of everything. And I mean, like, with... I, I always hate fucking putting labels on shit, but, like, mm-hmm. we'll say the deathcore scene that was coming out yeah. in the mid-2000s mid or so. Mm-hmm. You guys are at the forefront of that. And it's like... It seems like sometimes... It seems like something... No, you're good, you're good. Maybe you, if you want to come on, man. What? <laughs> If you want to come on, we got what? mics. We're going. Oh, you're good. You're good. I just didn't even see them. <laughs> All right, you're good. <laughs> Look at that microphone. I'm not going But I mean, it's it's one of those where sometimes I feel like when you're at the forefront of something, that it goes from being the props you get for being the, the, the beginning of something, like a corner or whatever, or even a mm-hmm. biscuit or things like that, to where then you get dogged on because of the steps you make to try to grow within the, the genre that you have helped kind of create. And I mean, you know, I'm just going to kind of go there with this because too often I see on the internet, everyone is so quick to talk about whatever the hot button issue thing is. So, you know, like I recently talked with Nick from Night Versus and they recorded with uh, Ross Robinson as well. And everyone was so excited 
about that band working with Ross because they thought they were, it was going to be whatever they thought the record was going to be. Yeah. And then when they released the record, everyone was like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Fuck this, fuck Ross, fuck this band, fuck everybody, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like I asked him, I go, because you guys had put out your record shortly before them, and I go, do you think that between what happened with Suicide Silence, putting out their record, where it wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be, which I don't know why your fans thought it was going to be a certain way, because you guys have always kind of thrown your fans curveballs. Whether it be touring, whether it be your music, whatever, you guys are always kind of a couple of steps ahead of, of where, where you are. Like, mm-hmm. there's where hard. you... Go ahead. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, that record was very difficult to uh, make for so many... So many reasons. So many. I mean, we we wanted to work a lot. Okay, so we had two goals okay. in, in our in our, in our career, literally. We we wanted to do a record with, with Ross okay. and tour with with Corn. And this is like the 15 year old suicide songs. Me, like Mitch and I, like, dude, we, we gotta fucking do this. I, I, I have all means necessary. Imagine being us and all both those things happening after Mitch passes away. Right. So. Our concept of what's real and what's possible and not possible is, you guys, uh, you try to put yourself in our shoes. Like, we have no concept of what's real or what's not real. We, we don't fucking know. <laughs> I mean, it's so, so with, with You Can't Stop Me, it was just about seeing if we can continue as like a band. Because there was so much, just to get through that was, I mean, going through suicidal thoughts to fucking wanting to, I mean, there's so many things, dude. So just the, the fact that we were able to do that was already like, oh my God, like this is fucking crazy. So then there's too much going on to experiment on that record. Right. There's too much. I mean, it was really impossible. So then once we got to that, then okay, then, then what's, what's the next step? And uh, we made a conscious decision to, if this is our last record, what, what we would want Want, right. want to do so I mean we were, we were all in you know we were willing to to take risks and not like the bullshit that bands do all the time where they put up one song with like uh, little kitty clean singing like fuck you guys right. dude that's such a fucking cop out we're like we're gonna go all in and uh see what happens right. and uh so we basically left uh we were writing songs but writing songs in a way that like they were open to be fixed because we knew we were going into a room with Ross Robinson. We're not going to like finish shit and like bring it to him. Right. Because we were willing to what no one in this scene is willing to do. Nobody. No, everyone is scared of learning. Right. And you don't know unless you try. Yeah. Like you don't fucking know. And But I'm very blessed to be with a bunch of guys that were willing to take the risk and, uh, we, and not care about the uh, consequences. Because we want to add to the culture, you right. know, because we, because we, we actually give a fuck. And uh, so we went into the studio with, with Ross, and uh, we were experimenting so much. Every little thing, every little thing was a, a uh, trying something different. And uh, so basically, it was humanly impossible to focus on anything. We couldn't focus on like drum tones or like bass. We couldn't focus on our sound because we were willing to take the risk of learning about the songwriting and and, uh, and the spirit that Ross brought to to Corner Slipknot. Because we we, we we cared about the foundation. I, I, I didn't care about how it sounded. I was like like 
you know, what is what is Ross Robinson about? You know, I mean, and we were so open, and willing to try anything because because we didn't give a fuck. We were willing to try and learn. And uh, there's this thing that that band do that I fucking hate is that when they evolve, I'm um, using like both quotations, evolve. They like they, uh, you know, your first record is A, second is B, C, and they always go by one letters. It's like fuck that. I want to learn the whole alphabet. Oh, and we were going to try everything, like fucking D to Z. Right. And um, and that was our fifth record, so we were like, there's no more time to experiment. We need to try everything now. And this is, and this is how it sounds and how, and how it comes out, because for us, we're in it for the long haul. So what we learn now, we can apply to the next record and mix the two and focus on sound and, and, and you know, big fucking breakdowns, all that stuff, and combine, because we learned and we know what no one knows now because we've learned to learn and you only know that imagine being in a fucking little tiny room with Ross Robinson so that in itself I was like fucking freaking out <laughs> I mean that was, it was a lot it was a lot what's interesting to me though and, and talking with Nick and another Like heavy music was 
band who is unapologetically willing to be themselves. Warts and all, just kind of putting something out that they are serious about, that they are emotionally secure about putting out there as who they are. And to me, it's probably the most real Suicide Silence record you guys have put out. And I know, sadly, that's probably not a common sentiment, but it's one of those where it's like, to me, it takes more balls to write a record like you did and put out and be very unapologetic about than to write the same record that you had been putting out. And I think something that a lot of you guys had echoed in interviews was that you kind of wanted to get here before, you know, sadly, Mitch passing. Like, there were, there were areas you wanted to explore with the band Sour that you just didn't get to because of what happened. That's what happened, yep. And it's one of those where sometimes I just... Sometimes I feel like fans are very fickle and don't... Outside of ACDC, it's the only band I can think of where it's like, they can put out the same record every single fucking time. Yeah. And everyone's like, this is great. This is what I love about this band. They don't need to change or deviate. But it's like, if you deviate, then all you hear about is, well, it doesn't sound like it used to. But if you don't change, then all you hear is, well, they don't ever change. So it's like, how the fuck do you as a band, how are you able to appease your quote-unquote fans when you're stuck in this weird limbo? And so, you know... Like I said, I didn't necessarily want to harp on the new record because it's no, been I'm down. beaten to death. Let's do it. Let's do but it. It. it's just one of those for me where it's like, honestly, you guys were so amped on it. You've got such a unique experience to record with someone that you've wanted to for so long who's put you know finger on the pulse of of changing a man's identity. Yeah. And I feel like you know, like you said, you're five records in. It's time to, to kind of stop playing it safe. Yeah. And I mean, honestly. What? I mean, you've already said you kind of are already writing, you know, the next record's kind of written in demo form, maybe. Yeah, that's a demo form, yeah. But what does, what happened when you release this record? What does that do to you guys when you're going to write? Like, does it make you want to go back to just being like, cool, well, if you think this is all we are, fuck, here's 12 more songs, like what you think we should sound like? Or does it make drive you to be more adventurous and send you in the other direction to be like well if you thought this is not where we were supposed to be this is really where we wanted to take it so now you're just along for the journey come with us I mean I don't use outside influence in general day one I mean so nothing's changed (laughs) I mean nothing I think if you let outside influence determine the direction of your art I mean you're you're a sellout right it shows in like, in like the music. It, it has something to do with if you like it or not. It, it, I believe that true to honesty lasts forever. And people may not like it now or five years from now, but there'll be a time where like because truth and honesty will last forever. Totally. That, that's it. So I'm not thinking at all. I'm doing the same thing I did when I was 15. <laughs>
Um, kind of been switching up and talking about, you know, outside things not seeming like they would be fitting. You know, you guys just were kind of saying that Attila has always had love for the band. Uh-huh. And dating back to when Mitch was in the band, I kind of had wondered, was was this tour in the works back when you guys did Gathering of the Juggalos in 2016? No, no, it kind of came up last minute and, uh, okay. and the timing just kind of worked out. Okay. Doing shit. Taking it. We needed like a break from writing. We've been writing to January. Okay. It, was, it was time to get the fuck out of the room and see <laughs> and see what uh we, we we've been living in that little fucking square box where fuck I don't know um, so this uh, the timing was, was perfect so have I, you guys been jamming some of the songs during like, sound check or whatever just kind of see how they feel in a room that's, like in a room not in your rehearsal space no no that's why we're playing the uh, new song now because okay. it's not done yet like literally okay. like it's not done like it's not even close to done but we wanted basically wanted to take like the like, like the Beatles approach. We're like, they just start playing songs live, see how it feels, right? And see what they, what they, they, they can change. Because of course, we're we don't give a fuck in general. <laughs> so already, like we played, we played it five times live, and uh, already we're like, okay, this works. This does not work. This sounds too much like this. I mean, we don't like this. Like this. But we're willing to see how, how it feels like. Cause I mean, that's the only way to learn. No, is try it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of bands don't do that anymore. They're not adventurous enough to take a song that maybe it's not 100%, maybe it's like 65, 70% done. Because they're fucking scared. Yeah. They're, they're scared what people think about them. But I mean, like, a lot of, I think a lot of bands that, you know, have classic songs, they'd be like, oh, you know, we used to, I know this is a really terrible example, potentially, but, like, it, it takes away my, uh, my credibility, but, I mean, Creed used to jam some of the stuff that was coming up on their second record, and they would do it live during their sound checks because they just didn't have anywhere where else to play it. Yeah. And they would play it live, and it's like, it. okay, this part didn't work. The crowd kind of we lost them, so let's let's kind of bring that in and let's do this. And it's like, I feel like, like you said, bands are kind of afraid to jam out ideas, play songs that are mostly done to at least see how it reacts to the rest of the material. Well, bands actually are afraid to jam in the room in general, so that's a whole, that, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole So another. obviously Suicide Silence is not a, uh, a laptop sending uh, emails to no. each other full of files. No, that's fucking... Because it's not about the band, it's about the song. Okay. You know, it's always been about, about the song, like, we... We, we as a band suck, but but when we get together, we we, we appreciate the song, and the song is what makes people come to shows. The right. song is what sells the record. The song is what does all of that thing. It's not it's not the band. And when you write in front of a laptop, you're not letting the song take life. So it's basically dead in the fucking water before it even. And when, when you're in a room of fucking like three guys and you're jamming live, dude, like song is take life and have a cool life and I get why bands don't do it because fucking a bitch <laughs> it's it's a bitch man, and it's hard you want to rip your fucking hair out dude but you catch it all the time I mean 99% of the time you're jamming it sucks you're just jamming garbage but we are addicted I'm addicted to that one split seconds when that yeah. fucking rip comes out you're like oh my god all, but the past two weeks of jamming garbage was worth it to get yeah. to that riff. And uh, you only get that when you're jamming in the room. Yeah. You, you cannot get that from a laptop. You cannot. And uh, you, you can't control something that can't be controlled. Right. And when you're analog tap, you're, you're controlling. And, and your ego is writing the song when yourself writes the song. You know, I mean, 
I am the best at what I do. And uh, that means that I appreciate and know that when that rip comes out, that split second where it's like, my hand isn't moving anymore. Like that is something else. I do not take credit for that at all. That's something else. And uh, I know that. And so when I say that I'm like, I'm the best and no one can fuck with me, I really mean it because I'm the best at that. Right. Yeah, I'm the best at letting the fucking song become the song. And we all, we all are conscious agreement that we are here for the song we, we are here to serve the song you can't do that when just one guy's walking by all that's fucking ridiculous so it's kind of alluding to the fact that you guys I love uh, Monkey, I love 
I think they're I for as much credit as they get for changing everything, what, changing the scene. What do what and what's more, yeah. I mean, Mike, uh, Darren, Darren from System, yeah, uh, Pete Townsend, like those guys are like, dude, that's that's what I'm all about. Those, those simple riffs, but like, tell a guy that knows how to play a fucking straight riff to write a simple riff, a million dollars, he can't do it. Not fucking do it. Try, try, try to write break stuff. You can't do it, motherfucker. I was gonna say, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you can't I mean, do it. I don't know if you've ever tried playing some of the newer stuff, but like, if you go to, to me, one of my favorite loop records is the Unquestionable Truth Part One, the EP they put out. Okay, yeah. And when they got West back in the band. Yeah. And there was a song, The Truth. Yeah. And the, the whole song, guitar wise, it's not very hard. But when you play in the tuning that Wes is in, which is like a weird, it's almost like a drop C, but like also like yeah. a standard, like yeah. it's really fucking weird. And there's, you either can play bar chords or yeah. you can play like octave chords. There's oh. not a not a whole lot you can really do with it to where you can play like just different shit. Yeah. But like I remember when learning that song, I was like, it really taught me, I was like, wow, Wes is, Wes is so fucking smart in his approach to what he's doing with this song because yeah. it just serves the song yeah. and it's so simple the chords and the, and the, the you know, chords that he's using yeah. but it's just god damn and I think it's like it isn't until you try to learn how to play someone's stuff sometimes where you just realize it's like fuck this is so this is so easy but it's so complex at the same time because like yeah. it's playing you know on the beat but it's not too busy for yeah. the vocal like it's just it's one of those things where sometimes I really wish people say like, "Oh, this sucks." It's like, well, learn how to play it and we'll try, learn why it's why it's good. And I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at like what you discover about your favorite bands. Yeah, man. Uh, so, but like, so I was, writing for the song is the hardest thing to do. Like when you listen to like you know like like the, like the, the Limp Biscuits and like System of the Downs, like. All that stuff is for the song, like, yeah. like, like the fucking drums are super simple, the bass is simple, the guitar is simple, and the vocals are, everything is, is, but it's, is for the it, song. That's what makes it so complex. Yeah. Sad, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to like, to add more kicks or to add more, to oh, add more, that's the easy thing to do music, because that's what your brain wants to do. Right. Your brain's always like, I know, I still with this all, all the time, my brain always wants to take over. My brain wants to go take over my hands, and it's just, it's, it just wants to add more people on it, it needs to be more complex. It's like, no, stop, stop doing that. So, with a tour like this, you know, like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of diversity on this tour. Yeah. You know, and like I said earlier, you guys are constantly, you know, throwing fans a curveball for, like, they think they got you pigeonholed into something, boom, we're switching it up. Oh. You think you know us? We're going out with porn. You think you know what our next record's gonna sound like? Here's this thing. You think you know what bands we tour with? We're going out with Attila and Volumes and all these other kind of bands that aren't typically in our scene, quote unquote. Yeah. So, I mean, is this something that you guys try to do to, to just appease yourselves while also just kind of trying to be out, be outside of the comfort zone of just being? Uh, quote unquote deathcore band or whatever. Yeah, we don't try ever. We just do. Uh, we just do our thing. This is day one. Nothing's changed. We want to do tour, we'll do it. We don't. We don't do it. One of our things, we do it. We don't. We don't do it. I mean, it's just 
got as high as fucking this, this far, so I mean. So it, it's hard being this, this kind of band when all the bands in the genre are basically copying you. It's like yeah. so basically That reminds me of a drink there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like we mentioned we're always talking. Like what are we gonna do now? I mean it's like So now we're at a point where it's like what can we do where people can't touch it anymore? And it's been a problem in our fucking career. And now we're I think I feel it feels it feels right now. Stuff we have now, I've been trying to write since like literally like day one. Find a certain element and uh, now now it, it, it can't be copied. And it was a fucking little close to try to do that. You know, I I don't know why I didn't kind of think of this before until just now when you say that like you know that you there was reason you were trying to write and it just maybe took you a certain amount of time to get there. Yeah. Whether it be the, the ability to write those kind of songs or whatever. Yeah. But you know, for as much as a lot of bands will shit on a band like Bring Me Horizon. You kind of look to a band like that where it's like, you know, they kind of started off one way and then kind of found, for what I think, they really found their sound in, in over the last two records of what they do that is really good, that marries yeah. kind of a heavier sound, with a little bit of pop sensibilities with yeah. some electronics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Does looking at a band like that that used to be lumped in with your scene, do you kind of look to a band like that and kind of go like, see, that's that's kind of what we've been trying to do, not like they I, sound, I get it, I get it, yeah. but... You know, a band that finally figured out where they wanted to go and had always wanted to go, they just they just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Does, does seeing a band kind of finally figuring out like that inspire you to be like, oh man, like I think I think we're so close and we can finally I think we're so close and we're gonna do it. It's hard to say because I've been when, when I began about a band called Bring Me, which I mean I, I listen to you know, records I, in my spare time. So I'm actually a fan of Bring Me the, the Rising. I've been so, so busy when I think about that band, I just appreciate again. I go back to I appreciate bands that just don't give a fuck. And they do their own thing. And yeah. they're, not, they're not afraid to, to add to the culture. Bring me as adds to the scene. They, they, they brought unique records that sound good. Yeah. And I appreciate it. So I I spent so much time thinking about that that I don't know if they inspired me or influenced me. I don't I don't think so. Okay. But I just I appreciate what what, what they do. I would love to support them for sure. I would love that. You know, I've always been a friend of ours for a while. And we've been really like, like that band. It's just one of the few bands I can think of from here saying that they just decided to not give a fuck and just go down the route that they wanted to. Yeah. And I think for as many people, very much like your last record, where they're like, oh, I, I don't like this because it challenges me as a listener to really think about what they're doing and presenting yeah. me. Yeah. And it's not just here it is and it's all the same, so I, I'm okay, caveman, like I like. Yeah. Um, but it, I just kind of had one, you know, as we were talking, I just kind of was wondering, it's like, you know, that's a band to me that I can see a lot of similarities in, in what you are trying to do and what it sounds like you try to do as a musician and as a band to just push yourself into what you've always wanted to do. And so it just, it seems like a natural progression to be like seeing a band like that where it's like they, they kind of finally get the mark of where they were trying to go. Yeah, I do. I am proud of, of that band for taking the, the risks. Not risk. You know, if you take a risk, you can get the fuck. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta go all in, dude. And um, I, I like their guitar player Lee a lot. Yeah. Because I... His tones. I, I, huh? His tones are so good. Yeah, I, I like it because... 
that. I'm like, dude, fuck yeah, Lee. You're fucking badass, dude. I do. I've been wanting to hang out for a long time, but I haven't seen him in a long time. He killed again, but Lee, you're badass. He's fucking hang out, bro. <laughs> And then kind of uh, it wrapping up so you can get back to your, uh, your evening here. What What is, you know, like I said, you know, I kind of keep harping back on to how diverse this, this tour is. What would be a really fun, diverse tour for you that you, you personally or you as the band would love to be on? What, what would be like your, 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 your best diverse four band package tour? Do we have, do we have the headline? No. Oh. No, yeah. you just have to be on the tour. It doesn't matter where you are on the tour. Oh, you can be opening, you can be the direct support. Oh, damn, Because, I mean, like like we were saying, like, back in my early, my late teens, early 20s, you yeah. know, like, between, like, the Family Values Tour, they had Ice-T yeah, and Rammstein yeah. and, yeah. and Ice Cube and, and, you know, and all these kind of people, you know, like, there was such diversity in bills and festivals and so forth that I... I feel like I'm starting to see it start slowly starting to happen again. Like a tour like this kind of makes me think of like you know the old Family Values tours or like you know things like that. And it's like it's or the old Ozfest because like Ozfest used to have like the new metal bands and the heavy metal bands and the you know everything in between. And so it just it just kind of had me wondering. It's like if you guys could build your perfect like four band diverse tour, who would you have? I want to say Metallica, but not yet. Okay. Uh, so, Slipknot, Ben Semmelbold, Machine Gun Kelly, and us. Shit. That's... Because I, I love Slipknot. That, I think, I think for, for, even though people probably wouldn't say this, I think that'd be a really disgusting and heavy tour. It would, dude. Machine Gun Kelly, dude, they... He's so punk rock. Dude, we're... We don't really. I don't really like. I, I do it sometimes, but I don't like being social with with bands because it really gets us nowhere. I, I, it's my whole career, maybe twice in my career. Like we got a, a tour with Machine Head because we hung out a lot, and that was it. Like the whole getting drunk with bands is fucking pointless, so I don't really do it. <laughs> but you know what? That band, Machine Gun Kelly. Like we parted with them in Europe. Like, we were like doing festivals together, and they were like, "Dude, come come do our, our festival." A week later, we got it. We just got the off, and we're doing their festival. And I was watching their their drummer Rook. Yeah. I'm like, watching that dude. Like that motherfucker literally destroys our entire metal scene of drummers. He was fucking destroying his kit and hitting so hard. Like he had this this energy and vibe to him. I was like watching him. Like I haven't seen this in ten years. Yeah. I mean, like, wow. And that, you know what? That's just a lot about metal. Yeah. All these fucking pussy ass drummers. Like they can't even hit hit their damn kid and I was watching this, this hip hop drummer and it's like it's slamming it dude I'm like wow and they're all of course they're all nice and uh, well that's kind of like what's going on right now sick. with Warped Tour with Twisted is everybody if you follow anyone that's on Warped Tour right now mm-hmm. you, you know, undoubtedly seen like you've undoubtedly seen there we go about, uh, oh my god I'll put that on my wall if you're just giving it out I love it save it yeah, it's yeah no yeah. the neck is perfectly fine wow <laughs> Uh, I love that that's thing, dude. Hilarious. But uh, Twisted that. is basically that, that, that's, that's how we, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I was like, wow. All right, this is awesome. But metal has an unhealthy give of money, and it fucking disgusts me. Yeah. But uh, Twisted right now, like, is everyone's go-to band. Like, I, like I said earlier, right. I was talking with Phineas when they were here a couple of weeks, about a week and a half ago, and they're 
their guitar players wearing a twisted shirt. It was like, dude, they're yep. the nicest guys. They like put it in, like they just, you know, give it 100% on stage. Like, it seems like for as much as much shit as people give Juggalos in like that whole scene, it's great to see Twisted on Warped Tour and everybody on the tour being like, this is like the hardest working band. This band kills it every day, yep. day in and day out. And it's like, it's just great to see people like not throw perceived like perceptions on the band. And to me, it's like you know, like that would that would always be the band like I would like to see you guys go out with or then take you out or whatever. It'd be like I think we almost happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's almost happened. Oh, did yeah, it? The timing was was we were in the middle writing this last record. But that scene is the most honest scene I've seen for real. There, there, there's no. I, I've always There's said no it's the separation. Scene. Like, it, 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 no matter what band it is, yeah, it doesn't mean a, the, the whole scene supports it. Yes, you know, so I thought that metal was like, oh, this band isn't. Yeah, this band is I'm blasting, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like it. That whole scene, talk show you want, is the most honest, real scene on the fucking planet. I've always said that the rest of the That's music it. scene, metal or otherwise, were as supportive as the Juggalo scene was. Juggalo I don't think the record. I don't think the record industry would be in a dip like it is. Because those dudes support all their bands on the yeah. on the on that scene. Yeah. They buy all the merch, they buy all the records, all yeah. the alternate versions of the yeah. records. Like they are diehard. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I always say it's like, you know, for anyone who wants to talk shit on those guys, it's like I I feel like you would be lucky to have fans so diehard as, as juggalos are for those Absolutely. that team. Yeah. So I saw a whole festival like watch every single band and it, 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 it didn't matter that maybe they didn't sound like like this band or that band. It didn't matter. They all they all just look there's no like separation. Even a metal scene that people just don't fucking get. Yeah. The, the fans and uh that listen to a certain type of metal you, you guys forget. I'm on your side. <laughs> it's like it's like if like a definite kid gets in like a fight. And then I come in to help him. And he's like, why fighting me? He's yeah. like, dude, I'm trying to fucking help you, man. I'm trying to save your ass from getting beat up, dude. Like, I'm on, I'm on the front line, dude. I'm, right. I am out here. I sacrificed everything in my life to support the metal scene and the culture because I love it. It was there for me, and I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for this culture. So therefore, I put my life online to be here. You right. know, I'm on, I'm on the front line, dude. And people might not like us when we don't have enough last week, but like, give a fuck. You know, at least I'm out here on the front line. I mean, it's easy to be on the sidelines. Anyone can do that. Right. You know? I think there's enough of that. So my last question. Last question for you. I always like to end these episodes out with a song. So what would you like me to play the song out to? It doesn't have to be one of yours. It can be anything. A song you guys are jamming when you're driving. Yeah. A song that you're just, you know, feeling at the moment. Uh, because we, we talked the, uh, the combo with the corn. Song that made me want to play an instrument. Scott's Life by by Horn. Okay. I was 13. I was 17. And I, I see these guys blow up a fucking car. I'm like, <laughs> you, when, you, when, you, when you're like that young, you're like, oh my god. And that video, that song, literally changed my life. And uh, now I'm here because of, of that one song. So hopefully it inspires someone right now when, when they hear it. Awesome. Thank you very much for, for coming out here yeah, playing John. the show, and thank you for taking the time to talk yeah, to me. John. Pleasure, and, uh, man. Kick safe ass. travels, and uh, hopefully we'll see you back around here or in Michigan in general. All right, this is where I see the fans. I appreciate 
all you guys, uh, anyone who listened to our last record, I really appreciate it. If you love it or hate it, thank you for listening. Uh, everyone out here, thank you for being so cool to me. Uh, hope to see more of you guys out here. See, see what's up. We're gonna hang out. Peace and love. Oh, man, it was fucking a pleasure, dude. That was fun. So that was my chat with Chris Garza of Suicide Silence. Like I said, there was a lot of cool in-depth details uh, about just all kinds of different shit from, you know, I was kind of surprised that he was saying that the band's already written 12 new songs, at least in demo form. So maybe we might see a, a new record here pretty soon. Interested to see what it sounds like in light of the last record. Dan, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, uh, there's definitely a lot of venom in that interview, though, for the haters. But uh, you know yes. what? That's uh, that's totally understandable, you know. And uh, you know, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is if they're happy with with it. If they're happy with it, then fuck all what anybody else says, you know. Right. It just makes me they wonder. Did, some they of that, it just makes me wonder if some of that venom is going to lead to more aggression on this new record. A heavier Suicide Silence record, yeah. I mean. As a fan, I'm definitely going to lean more towards, yeah, I'd like like to hear a more aggressive record out of them. But, you know, at the same time, looking at their discography as a whole, it's not like I haven't gotten that in the past. So I am interested in hearing, you know, kind of whatever new direction they decide to pull things into. You know, is it going to be more like the last record or is it going to be one of those back to basics kind of deals? Well, what was interesting to me was even when Chris said that this is sort of where mitch and them wanted to take it even before mitch had passed away so i mean it's it's i mean i know a band can say that now after the fact and and fans can either choose to to take that for what it is or or you know whatever because there's not really anyone that can can back that up with the other person not being around anymore sadly but it's uh it would have been interesting it makes me wonder if the band would have gone this direction with mitch if there would have been as much pushback versus having the new singer coming in they do a record and then he oh well it's because eddie doesn't want to do this thing anymore he can't scream or he you know it's it's all about what the the perception of what the band can or can't do with because of eddie not because maybe it's where the band wanted to go i think the other thing too that a lot of people have to remember is eddie doesn't write musically any of (laughs) any of the stuff so if there was a big shift musically then that has to come from the band so i don't know why eddie got the brunt of of the bullshit because people are morons and they just assume that, you know, if you sing for a band, you are, you know, the the beginning and alpha omega of everything that happens in that band. Right. Which as 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 a prior lead singer of a band, I can tell you that could not be further from the truth. Right. And um, you know, I think it's just easy to I think I think sometimes it's easier for people to point at the one thing that's different in a formula and say, Yep, see, right there. That's what caused it. Even though I think it had a lot more to do with Ross Robinson than it had to do with anything else. I would definitely agree because I made that comment about how Nick from Night Versus was talking about how the record that they just put out was kind of, you know, and then wanting to work with Will Putney was supposed to be what followed, you know, after their second record. But the opportunity to work with Ross came up and it's like, well, shit, how do we say no to that? But they had even kind of said, like, we knew going in that we were going to get a Ross Robinson version of what we do. And so it just kind of makes me wonder. It's like, okay, like how many bands nowadays do the same thing where it's like, well, we're going to put out a record, but we know we're going to put out a Ross Robinson version of what we do. Right, yeah, and it's very much that for sure. Honestly, I just, I wonder what people's expectations are because like, you know, being an unpleasable metal fan like I am, we hate it whenever people 
change, right? Like everybody has to be like Slayer, right? And just put the same record out forever and never change. But then it's one of those like, man, I really like this band, but all their shit sounds the same. So it's like, which one do you want? You know, like I've come to find after listening to hundreds of discographies in very short periods of time, I like it whenever I get to hear different shit every couple albums uh, versus, you know, just hearing the same thing, a big slog from beginning to end. And I think, I feel like personally prior to this record that suicide silence was kind of doing that. I mean, they were always a good band. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that like there was anything inherently wrong with their sound to begin with, but you know, definitely when you're playing that style, when you're playing just straight death core, it can get a little, it can get a little old after a while. So I think any musician worth their salt, you know, wants to do something different and they should be given that opportunity uh, without having to deal with all the fucking fallout and bullshit that comes along with it. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to see what this band does. And after the interview, I, I you know, have a lot more respect for the band just sticking to their guns and not giving a shit about what people say, because I, I think that's kind of the bubble you need to put yourself in. And kind of speaking to being put into a bubble, we are going to get out of this episode since the chat was kind of long and the intro was kind of long and we've got a lot of show sponsors to get to so without further ado let's get into our show sponsors so if you would like to keep up with heartsick they are premiering their new video for snake man over at metalnexus.net on monday which is tomorrow as of the day that this comes out and we are recording this and you can find them on facebook under heartsick us instagram and twitter are heartsick band easily <laughs> enough and you can find heartsick coming up saturday august 11th over at the michigan metal fest uh lots of cool bands announced on that uh make sure to go check them out and if you follow them on any of their socials please let them know that john's entitled podcast sent you let them know what you thought about the song snake man uh it's off of their upcoming record which is yet to be announced a uh, release date or an album title but uh a lot of good music on it i've gotten to hear it and uh, very much looking forward to the rest of you getting to hear it. But go show those guys some love because they support the podcast. Also, you can follow Foxbat at FoxBatBand on Facebook. And you can find them on Instagram at FoxBatMusic. And you can find them on FoxBatMusic.com to order their new record, Rock Gut, which already came out. The CDs are available. And once again, the vinyl is on a delay. So if you ordered it or are about to order it, uh, just know that it's going to be on a little bit of a delay. Uh, also, Good Company with Bowling. You can find them on Facebook at Good Company with Bowling, Instagram at Scott Good Company, and you can find the website scottgoodcompany.com, and just YouTube, Good Company with Bowling. Uh, personally, I like the the head episode. I would start there, uh, maybe work your way to the uh, Sunny from POD episode, and then just kind of work your way through the videos. They're all really good. Uh, definitely really great conversations. Uh, if you like anything that we do here, then just please uh, go check out that podcast or the webcast as they're typically known. And uh, let Scott know that you heard about him from this podcast that John's Entitled Podcast sent you. And Suicide Silence, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Suicide Silence. If you would like to follow Chris on Instagram, you can find him at Garza SS, short for Suicide Silence. Dan, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me at Discuss Metal Dan on Twitter, or you can email me at show at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook if you look hard enough, facebook.com slash discography discussion. And my other podcast can be found at discussmetal.com. And next, Dan's going to tell you about why rating, reviewing, and subscribing matters. Dan, why do we like good ratings? First of all, I want to say, guys, we love you. We appreciate you listening every week. And the only thing that we really ask of you is to leave us some kind of review. We live in a world of automated, randomized, 
recommendations. And I say random because if podcasts are not highly reviewed, you get random recommendations. However, if you highly re- if you highly rate a podcast that you like, you will be introduced to other podcasts that you like. And that's where we come in. We want people that listen to podcasts like us to be recommended our podcast. And in order to do that, we need ratings. So we appreciate you guys leaving us ratings on all the podcast platforms. And, uh, you know, definitely send us a message, too. If you've got something you want to say to us, hit us up. We are, like, lightning fast on responding to stuff like that. So um, if you have anything you want to say to us, leave us a review. Uh, Leave us any type of criticism, constructive criticism, preferably. Uh, We will be open to that. So we appreciate everybody that has given us reviews. We appreciate the likes on Facebook. And we just appreciate your help in uh, helping us get where we want to be. And speaking of help, if you also would like to support this podcast monetarily, you can find us now on patreon.com backslash Johnson Title Podcast. Uh, we have various tiers. Uh, again, still open, still working on what we want, but you know we wanted to release this thing to try to help offset some of the cost of the podcast. Uh, yes, it's free for you to listen to and will always be free to listen to. Uh, but we also would like to uh, not have to dip the money into hosting costs and all of these kinds of things. Uh, we will be adding some new stuff, uh, T-shirts eventually when I get a new logo designed. Um, but yeah, patreon.com backslash Johnson Title Podcast. Any donation is greatly appreciated, even if it's only a dollar. If you donate a dollar, we will shout you out at the end of every episode. So hear your name over the airwaves. And lastly, you can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube over at John's Entitled Podcast. Tweet at us at John's Entitled Pod and email us at John's Entitled Pod at gmail.com. And with all the plugs now out of the way, we are going to get to the good stuff. We always end these episodes out with a song. And as you heard Chris pick, he wanted me to play Got the Life by Corn. And you know what? I'm feeling like after today of doing a lot of podcasts, we did one with Chuck Billy of Testament. We're getting ready to do one with Jay Gordon of Orgy. I feel like I got that fucking life, man. So this has got the life got by Corn. Life. And we will talk to you guys next week.
say, so come. 